Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Reveille, reveille, dogs. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. March is almost over, which means April 1st is around the corner, which means the worst day in online comedy is is close. I don't know what that has to do with today, but I just felt like bringing it up. Hi, everyone. It's Morning Combat, your award-winning podcast that puts out excellent Gilbert Burns interviews. I am merely one half of your hosting duo. My name is Luke Thomas. I'm in the capital of Estados Unidos here in Washington, D.C., joined by the Viceroy of Connecticut himself. It's Brian Campbell. Brian, people seem to like the Gilbert Burns interview. You know, I think, Luke, they seem to love it, okay? And while I would like to take credit alongside you as well as our great staff at CBS Sports and Showtime and Malka for putting that together, it takes uh, two or, in this case, three to tango. And shout-out to Gilbert Burns, who, what are we, a little bit more than a week away from UFC 273 when he takes on Hamzat Chemaev. What an what a introspective, humble... Uh, candid, you know, like you don't, you don't get fighters opening up like this. It's rare. And, and I was very happy to take part. So youtube.com slash morning combat, please check that out. Indeed. Um, glad to see people liked it. We, we hope you have, if you haven't checked it out, I don't know what you're waiting on. And you know, a lot of people were like, Oh, you were hyping it up. You were hyping it up. And if you look in the comments, they all say that, that the interview delivered, I was not telling lies about it. It really is that good. And it's, and, and again, to your point, credit to Burns, man, like we can ask all the questions and we can have, you know, we can try to put them in the, you know, the, the, the mind frame to, to do that stuff, but they have to do it themselves in the end of the day. And he did in the most uh, incredible of ways. So we really appreciate Gilbert's time and, can't wait to see that fight. Uh, as it relates to today, we'll talk about some news and some notes, a little bit of MMA, a little bit of boxing, and then we're going to have a little fun. What are we doing at the end of the show? I know that you have crafted something. What are we doing? Yeah, well, in, in addition to fan submissions, which is always a big hit on Wednesday hump day, today, Luke, for the first time, you sit in the chair and play a little segment that we've only done twice before, both times without you, called Truth or Trivia. Okay. And so Luke, I either have to tell you the truth about something... Or I have to do a trivia question? Is that the Well, idea? you know, the title might be a little misleading. It's more like you have five trivia questions coming your way. Everyone you get wrong, and they're, they're gettable questions, but everyone you get wrong, you have to answer a very personal question that I'm sure you don't want to answer, Luke. Okay. okay. So it, it's got the spirit of, ha- of, uh, of Wheel <laughs> of Death, but you do have a chance to work your way out of it. If you know okay. What I mean. All right. All right. We'll see what we can do. So we'll play that here as well today. So thumbs up on the video if you're watching on YouTube. Welcome to all the new subscribers that are here. There's a few hundred of you. We're glad to have you here. So thank you for joining us. Uh, we do this Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 11 a.m. in the East. Now, BC, which should be noted though, usually the Wednesdays and Friday shows are a little bit more crowded. There's nothing on the calendar this weekend other than regional box. Is there anything more than regional boxing? Because it's only regional MMA. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's it's an off week, so to speak. There's a two night WrestleMania this weekend that I know you don't care about, Luke. And there's also, of course, the NCAA tournament, men's and women's. So I, I, you know, everybody sort of conspired together to take the weekend off, Luke. And when you look at how 
obscenely loaded the month of April is in combat sports, MMA, and boxing. It's a nice little, you know, calm before the storm that's coming, okay? All right, fair enough. Um, let's see. Morningcombat at gmail.com is the email for the show. If you want to email us for Wednesdays, fan subs, or anything else, including Friday's Dead Wrongs, that's the place to do it. Showtime.com is the label that pays. You can get a 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, pound sand. Just go to Showtime.com to set all of that up. Uh, and then we have merch. Now, BC, this is my understanding of the merch deal, right? We're going to have a whole new wave of stuff coming in. So there's a big sale on the existing inventory you can get at morningcombat.store. My understanding is that'll be all the way through the weekend and then all the way through Monday, but Monday at midnight. So Monday rolling into Tuesday, the sale, what is it, 20% off on everything yeah. goes away? Look, don't wait, okay? Monday night is the end of this sale, and when those when that when that sale's done, that shit's getting taken off the website. So if you've always eyed something, right? A mug, uh, a hat, something, right? You know what I mean? Something with high T, unlike this hat, apparently, according to our staff. Um, you can get that for 20% off right now at morningcombat.store. It's a great time as we spring clean our own closets for you to add something to yours. So uh, please do that. Check it out. All right, there you have it. Uh, BC, I should also note that... Well, actually, question. Did you start your day with a little AG1? Yes, Luke, using this fantastic WrestleMania cup that I picked up in New Orleans a couple of years ago. Um, I poured poured that one scoop uh, of liquid green in there. And, Luke, I'll tell you what, okay? I'm not good at being healthy, but I'm trying. And I know there's a lot of other people out there in our fan base like that. You want something that doesn't taste super healthy to start your day? little tropical taste, but makes you feel clean, makes you feel good. Gives you nutrients, uh, immune-supporting uh, type products. It's so easy, Luke. One scoop of each morning in your cup, pour in the water, mix it up, and you know what? You start your day the right way, unlike a lot of you out there who are grabbing that, that, that coffee roll and, and overdosing on coffee to start the day. I see you. I, I usually start my day with liquor and lean. But if when I'm not doing that, it's AG1, folks. As, as you indicated, it's one scoop. It's a it's a tablespoon mixed with water. You have 75 different uh, high-quality vitamins, minerals, all kinds of stuff for probiotics. And, again, it's just that, not a big-ass bag of pills and everything you have to take five times a day. Super simple, super easy. Look, uh, I don't eat a lot of vegetables. I'm trying, Luke. I'm trying to get there. But this really helps supplement a lot of things. It's not just your diet, but these this special blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus. It also helps with aging, Luke. There's a, you know some scientists that have figured this shit out. And uh, you want to talk about a shortcut to success? This is a great way to, to get there. All right, it's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, artificial anything, while still tasting good. You can take it with you on the road. I travel with it often, and you want to talk about the cost, less than three bucks per day. You're investing in your health, and oh, by the way, it's cheaper than that cold brew habit, that vape habit, that... <laughs> I, I could go. I can go on and down the road, but I won't, Luke. Luke, okay. We all got a lot of habits, okay. Let, let, let's start getting habitual with AG One. Taking Athletic Greens is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. Yeah, and it's got over seven thousand five star reviews. So Athletic Greens is trusted by many leading health experts, including Tim Ferriss, Michael Gervais. I'm told Joe Rogan uses it, Luke. I'm told that. Okay, I'm told that. 
Uh, well, I'm telling you, I use it. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. You want a little bonus on there? If you act now by going to the website, athleticgreens.com slash morning combat, here's what you're going to get. One year free supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. They they throw a little extra in there. It's going to be worth it for you. Give it a try. All right. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash morning combat. Again, athleticgreens.com slash morning combat to take ownership over your health and pick up your ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, BC, you ready to get this going? Yeah, let, let's just have fun today, Luke, okay? It's a slow yeah. week. It's it's hump day. Oh, Luke, one more thing before the people get the, get what they need here. Tomorrow, Thursday, March 30th, 4 p.m. Eastern no, no, no. on today's YouTube. today's the 30th. Hold on, time out, time out, time out. Today's the 30th. You mean okay, the 31st. Okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm typically off, Luke. I'm a typically a day, day late, a dollar short. Thursday, tomorrow, March 31st, if you go to YouTube, Look up Sports Podcast Awards. They're having their live ceremony, 4 p.m. Eastern. A lot of you remember, we put out the call to vote for us. We don't know if we won it, but we were up for Best Combat Sports Podcast of 2021 against the likes of Ariel Hawani, Chris Jericho, on and on. There's a lot of heavy hitters on this list. Tune in to find out if we win. And what, what do you get if we win? The fine folks at CBS Sports, they did promise. If we win this award, and we're going to find out tomorrow... How about a live show in Vegas, International Fight Week, okay? You want to be there? You want us to drink out of your shoe? Heck, I'll drink out of someone's underpants, Luke. Is the podcast of my daughter screaming and banging on my door, is that up for any awards at the at this award show? You should arm her with pots and pans when she sits outside your door, right? She just it, It's great. It's, it's fantastic. It's just, dude, how many times do I have to ask people to please not let her do that? And then they just ignore me. It's... It's my life. Uh, okay, let's start with topic number one, BC. It's a smaller topic, but it's a bit of an interesting one. So check this out. We got news yesterday. In fact, I did get the release from this, which I typically do not do. Uh, UFC doesn't send me everything. But UFC is going back to Singapore. Now, they were there before. I think it was like the... Yeah, I think Dong Hyung Kim fought Tyron Woodley on that card. Tarek Safadine against um, Hung Yu Lim. I believe that's right. Something like that. In any case, UFC 275 is going back to Southeast Asia, and it's going to... Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, you got to be kidding me. It will mark UFC's first pay-per-view in championship title bouts hosted in Southeast Asia. Now, on that card, BC, we already know Glover Teixeira is going to take, defend his title against Yuri Prohachkov, a hotly anticipated light heavyweight title there, title, title bout. Valentina Shevchenko is going to take on Tyler Santos, and now on that card, Marvin Vittori versus Robert Whitaker. BC, we had talked about the need for UFC to not necessarily travel anymore. This is not the 2000s or the 2010s where they had to kind of take the show on the road to you know sort of give people proof of concept of what it meant and, and let them see the experience for themselves. Certainly, there's always a benefit to traveling. But what do you make of them going to Southeast Asia, the home of one championship in June, and bringing a pay-per-view with them? I was going to bring that up to you and say, what, how much is this uh, a counter move? Because, look, we don't talk about one a ton on this show. And, and I found in the last 24 hours that, you know, some people took umbrage with that, that on Monday's Dude, show we, we didn't break down. We should talk about that for a second when you're having Okay, go ahead, though. Go ahead. Uh, that we did not break down 1X in great detail or any detail on Monday's Morning Combat. Now, look, to be fair, we were trying to save some extra bullets for that great spinoff show we do called Morning Combat Extra Credit, in which you went ham on all things Mighty Mouse Rod Tang, Road Tang, Road, Road Tang. 
Uh, but here's the deal, Luke. One does make noise. A lot of our viewers believe one is the second best global MMA promotion. And, and some of the, they also believe, Luke, that you and I sometimes get too caught up in the <coughs> one apprentice championship, Chatri. This card was viewed by 14 billion people press releases and that they got something going there. Is this UFC Connor promote, you know, promoting, trying to invade that territory? Or is this just a spot they haven't hit too often? I'm not really sure, but here's the, the the best thing I'll say about this card and the UFC's effort here. They're coming out big. I mean, two title fights and a third fight, meaning Robert Whitaker against Marvin Vittori that has huge stakes and a lot of interest. This is a damn good card that they're putting out. So they're certainly not throwing, you know, some crap against the wall in a new part of the world and trying to stir up some interest or business. They're coming for it. Now, our producer, Mikey Moromile, reminding us that you mentioned they've been there before. It was UFC Fight Night 162, and it was Damian Maya, Ben Askren. Luke, you'll, who could forget that slugfest between those two? They had... The other, was the other one Macau? I think it was. Yeah, I think okay, it was. let me double check that. Maya and Askren were trading punches like it was uh, two drunk guys behind a bar. Luke, it was great. But look, here's the deal. This fight card matters. You, it, it's a big-ass deal. I want to ask you this, Luke. What what elements of this is just, oh, here's a part of the world that we haven't really conquered yet? Or what, what element of it is, oh, you think one's hot? We're the best in the business, and we'll show you that. Pro- probably there's a little bit of we want to go and then um, not just do something in that market. Like, here's the thing. If if the only other show there, and uh, by the way, Tyron Woodley versus John Kong Kim was in Macau. I'm going to check the Tarek Safadine one. Where was that one when he fought Hung Yu Lim? That was in uh, Singapore as well. I was right. Sorry, suck a dick. There you go. That was in uh, January of 2014 in Marina now, Bay, Singapore. Who are you offering to SAD? Is that me, Mikey Mormile, yourself? Like what? Just, I, that the, was just a little, the world. <laughs> like Tupac, just just yeah. the world in general. It's just me okay. against the world. Yeah. Uh, the point I'm trying to make here is. It's not the strongest pay-per-view in, in terms of the pay-per-view drawing names. But what it is, is it's a step up. If the, uh, There might be other t- more than those two shows. Let's assume for just a second that it's just these two shows. Those are fine shows in Singapore, but are they meaningfully better than a one show? I mean, you could argue that it has more high-ranked talent on it, probably top to bottom, that a one show might have. But in general, it's not a substantive upgrade over what one can do more or less. This is, while not their very top-tier kind of pay-per-view, it is a step up beyond what one can do. One cannot say that they have, arguably, the world's best light heavyweight. Uh, you know, that's, it's, it, that's, that's debatable, because we know what Vadim Nemkov is over in Bellator, but certainly one of the world's best light heavyweights defending his title against another one of the world's best light heavyweights. And certainly they cannot say that about Valentina Shevchenko having a best 125-er. And they certainly cannot have, I don't know if there's anyone on the, well, DJ's pretty good, but well, not many guys on the all of the one roster as good as Robert Whitaker. And that's a super important fight for the middleweight could division Could you slow as well. your role on limiting Valentina to the best 125-er? Luke, she's the pound-for-pound best women's fighter in the game right now. And she on her be. way to becoming the second or third greatest female fighter of all time. Okay, you heard that right here. Okay, fair enough. I mean, she's obviously an incredibly special talent, but that only just serves my point, which is one can't really match that kind of thing. Now, one has been in that market a lot longer. They cater to that market more nimbly, I would argue. They probably have a lot more fighters from that part of the world, not just Singapore, but the surrounding uh, uh, Southeast Asian nations. So in that sense, they do, they do different things. But this seems to me like the UFC feels like a need. They need to get into Southeast Asia more. It is a growing market, not just in China, but outside parts of it. But they can't 
can't go over there just doing, hey, here's the UFC show and some good fights and some good fighters. That's a fine thing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if you really want to assert your presence in that market, you got to go a little bit higher. If you, it, it, This is one thing that was always kind of interesting, right, BC? If pay-per-view was always going to be something that was predominantly North American, and it still is, um, well, it used to be almost exclusively North American. Now it's still predominantly North American. But that, that, that equation is changing somewhat with all of the UFC's other contracted revenue. I want to make a point here. This is why title fights outside of North America are pretty rare, or at least sort of Western time zones. They're pretty rare, right? Because if the majority of your buying audience is in those time zones, putting them in the UK or putting them wherever can create some difficulties in terms of maximizing buys. UFC learned that a little bit the hard way in some of the early efforts of going to Abu Dhabi and whatnot. Some of those shows did well, but it probably hurt. It probably dampened some of the enthusiasm. There's a couple of exceptions. Habib at Fight Island against Justin Gaethje. You get the idea. But even then, to maximize pay-per-view sales, you have to go there. But, but... If you have some ambitions to go and, and maybe and really really reassert your brand in a certain sort of geographic territory or market, and you're not as hobbled by the pay-per-view money necessity because of all this other contracted revenue, it allows some flexibility for title fights to be removed from North America and then put them in other kind of global hotspots catering more to local markets. That's a great thing for those folks, and I think in general, probably a great thing in the long run for the totality of MMA, if less so for North American audiences. And it isn't there a, a to be candid and fair, there a shit ton of money in Singapore? Yeah, I mean Singapore doesn't do poorly. Yes, they're 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 quite wealthy. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I gotta say, Luke, this is this is okay. This might not be a top tier pay per view, but this ain't no fight night. This ain't even an in between pay per view. If you ask me, maybe you disagree. Look, Glover Teixeira Yuri Prochaska is like a damn good fight, and you get Valentina in a title defense that's in theory potentially tougher or at least more interesting and exotic than she typically faces, and you get the return of Robert Whitaker. Like they they kind of brought it here, Luke. They, they, no, no, here, understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's a poor quality card. I mean, just the three fights alone would get me to buy it. Like, done, easy, like, no, no problem. What I mean to say is, in terms of bankable star power for a pay per view uh, uh, event, this would not compare to what you would get if you had, you know, somebody who, who we know for a fact moves the needle in terms of pay per view buys, list whoever you want. These people are the cream of the crop, quite literally in many ways, certainly Valentina chief among them in terms of talent. This card, it looks like it's already being built in a great way. I'm okay with it. I just want to be clear. If they put this, let's say, in Texas somewhere, it would do fine, but it probably wouldn't do all that great in terms of pay-per-view sales. So why not move it around a little bit and then reassert yourself in a market you haven't been to in a long time. And frankly, never in this way. Those other Singapore shows, while important, they can't claim that they had this. This is a ratcheting up. I want to talk to you quickly now that we're talking about this UFC 275 card. Look, the early odds on the main event presented by our friends at DraftKings is Glover to share the champion as the underdog, which I think we assumed given the dangers of this and his late career resurgence. But, you know, he's... He ain't young, Luke. Plus 155 as an underdog, Yuri Prohatska minus 180. Are you surprised in any way that it's not wider in Prohatska's favor? You know what? No, because I think everyone realizes Prohatska probably should be favored and is exceedingly dangerous and unpredictable, which makes him like, you know, hard to know what's going to happen. And what's one thing you can say about 
Glover Teixeira, perhaps on the critical side. The critical side would be that he gets hit a little bit. His head movement's not super great, um, which is why he's been dropped in multiple fights and he's been hit a lot and he gets... I mean, Gustafson jabbed him up when they fought. On the other side, though, the reason why I don't think the odds are as far apart as you might imagine is... In many of those cases, when Glover got dropped, he rallied. You know what I mean? Like, Glover is as tough as shoe leather, dude. And he is as experienced as any champion that we have, arguably. And in some ways, probably more. Dude, Glover Teixeira, you know, he is he is vulnerable. And I think those odds speak to that vulnerability. But he is also perseverant and clever. And when, and when he gets rolling, then that avalanche really begins to pick up speed as he begins to take over a fight. So it's hard to say exactly what's going to happen. Prohoshka could drop him in the first round, 30 seconds, and then move along his day. And that would surprise no one, even if it would, would, would be exciting. But Glover Teixeira has shown an unusual late career, not just resiliency, but understanding how to fight in a way that caters to that resiliency. like Almost like he knows... He has to have a part of his game built in when he gets dropped. Like, what are you going to do when you get dropped? And he works through those scenarios. He, he's one of the better ones at getting hurt and then hanging on. Would you go as far as calling Glover, the, obviously the king of Connecticut, good lord. Sorry, Apathy. But uh, <laughs> By the way, Apathy has a new song out today, and it's a banger. Oh, sh- I'm going to check that out because I support yeah. people from my state. Like, Sons, of, Sons of Godzilla, produced by like Sealance. Willie Pep you, and Steve Young and... Uh, to Bucky Jones and Chad Dawson, all the heroes from my state. But my point was, would you go as far as saying Glover has secured Brazilian bizping status? Ooh. Well, I don't want to speak for Brazilians, so I don't know. But you're asking this like, um, hmm, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I don't know. You know what? Pretty close. Here's the thing. It's just that bisping took, not just, he didn't just lose. He took some beatings along the way, and Glover's taking some beatings too, but like with the eye and, you know, getting dropped against Anderson Silva and then having to get back up. I mean, he had so many blood and guts trench warfare fights. Glover has had, you know, he's had some of those too, to be very clear. But I don't know if he's had it quite to the same extent as Bisping did. Maybe that's me romanticizing Bisping's career. I'd have to go back and look and really think about that more. So I would say he's got something pretty close, but I feel like Bisping had more of like, this tortuous weight, tortuous weight, tortuous weight, and then everything just lifted off for him thereafter. Also, also, remember he got to go back to England and then fight Dan Henderson. It's not like they're going back to Brazil and giving him, you know, a, 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 I think a fairly winnable fight. Prohachka is tough as shit, you know. And, you know, semi-related to this, Luke, but not fully. But look, you know, obviously Glover, by getting, I, I say Brazilian bizping because you put that capstone on the end of your career and it suddenly makes everything you did before that, you know, seem better. You've rounded it out. You've reached your full potential. You're you're immortal. You're a UFC champion. Where do you think he fits in, though? You can't speak for a Brazilian fan because you're not Brazilian, Luke. But we know they love, they love them. Some Jose Aldo. Some Anderson Silva, some big nog, right? I mean, there are there are like Mount Rushmore legends in Brazilian MMA fandom, you know, and in the in the great lore. I mean, these you know, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is the foundation of the sport from the Gracies. Is Glover kind of an afterthought in that, or or do you think he's he's finally creeping up in terms of most you know in terms of that upper core of most beloved from that great country in the sports history? 
I would say if you want to get to like Aldo or and you mentioned Big Nog, dude, Big Nog, like that's a, that's hard territory for anybody. I mean, you're asking a lot. I would say this: winning the title, I think, it made everyone except you know Jan Blahovich happy and his team, and you can understand why. But you got to defend it a couple of times, I think, to get to a more premier status. Winning it, of course, is insanely premier. But the level you're talking about, I mean, dude, those guys, you know, Big Nog and, and Aldo, that's Hall of Fame territory. Is is Glover in Hall of Fame territory? I, I don't know that he's in Hall of Fame territory yet, even though he's had a very respectable career. So there's some work to do. I'll tell you what, he beats Prohachka. Who would be the next after that? Like Rakic, maybe, or something, something like that, right? We'll see. Or maybe Ankalaev. You go out there and you beat Prohachka and then you beat Ankalaev while not the biggest names. You know, at 42 or 43, you're beating guys like that. That that Then the conversation begins to turn a little bit. So he's he's got to a point where I think he can see a territory that's achievable and if it's pretty far away, but I don't think he's there quite yet. Do you disagree or do you think he's there? No, I, I agree. I agree. I think, you know, look, he's never been a, a flashy guy. He's never been a guy. Look, he's had some very respectable wins, but he doesn't have uh, maybe outside of this, you know, victory over over Blahovich for the title and the way that he sort of put on this late career run. He hasn't had these like memorable all-time great moments in Brazilian history. And by the way, we should obviously put Amanda Nunes in that category for everything she has accomplished. But, you know, maybe he just passed Baron Barral on the all-time most favorite Brazilian legend list. And that's something, Luke, okay? All right? <laughs> I mean, it's you know, he certainly passed Betch Coheo with that win, okay? Yeah, he, he he did. But, you know, he beat like, you want, maybe you want to appreciate this, but like there were some Brazilians I grew up with that had, or when I grew up watching MMA anyway, that um, that had an outsized role that, I don't think that Glover's already passed. For example, Hanato Sabral. I mean, he, he goes by the name of Babalu. Babalu, for a time, I mean, everyone kind of knows him because he lost. I think it's against... pronounced Babalu, Luke. Just to be, just to be fair, okay? Because you might would, be. you would have skewered it... me for that mistake right there. I mean, what the? That's like Todd Grisham with Sakuraba that time. I mean, come on, Luke. Okay? He, well, no, he didn't even know. Who, Todd Grisham didn't even. <laughs> Didn't even know who Sakuraba was. Babalu? I mean, I followed followed Sabral's career pretty closely. but Don't forget um, Vanderlei, too. Before you're bringing out Babalu, okay, can we put some respect on Vanderlei? But that's that's the difference. But that's the difference. Vanderlei, Vanderlei, whatever, he is in that pantheon of the upper elites of all Brazilian MMA fighters, right? Wouldn't you agree? Like, that dude was a champion in pride. You know, uh, came to UFC a little bit later in his career, but was, you know, as recruited as anybody else was. UFC was dying to get that guy, and he had some big fights here. But that, yes, he's in a different state. I'm talking about ones that are maybe a tier down from that in terms of how they're celebrated. I don't know if my Zoom froze or, or what. Y- y'all tell me. But Yeah, can they still hear me? Because I haven't even gotten into the uh, <laughs> into the reminder that Little Nog was sub-elite, Luke, okay? Yeah, right. here's what I was going to say. What about, like, the... Um, what about the uh, God? There's there's like a, there's so many Brazilians that are like just a, a tick down from that. I don't know. Did, did they lose me? Am I back? Where are we? Where are we in this fucking show? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't even. Okay, we're back. We're okay. Here. All right. We're now, back. Now, Luke, we're would back. you blame these quick, very quickly? Would you blame these technical difficulties on our stand-in technical director today, Long Island Luke, whose dad is from Australia, who whose dad apparently- is in fact Australian. Apparently this this kid this this man Luke uh, directed Monday's show and they didn't tell us until after the show it was like a bait and switch type thing okay yeah anyway hold on adding to that list is there a difference in how Brazilians might view or even MMA fans view and if we're ranking Brazilians and Anderson Silva who was a middleweight champ 
from a Murillo Bustamante, who was also a Brazilian champ and UFC champ, is there a way in which they level those out at, at different places? Yes, I, I, I do. I don't think they're in the same place. So you're asking me, where is Glover? Glover's a little bit more in that Bustamante territory, less the Anderson Silva. To close out on the talk of Brazilians we beloved, although he never won a UFC title, you know who's a forgotten badass, Luke? Hmm. Marco Huas. Marco Huas, a legend in the game. A legend Dude, in the game. You go back and watch his his early UFC fights, which was early UFC. He was ahead of the game, dude. Hey, you know? is the show on today? Or I don't even know if today? we're still live, Luke. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I don't know what's going on anymore. Okay, this is great. This is fantastic. This is, this is pretty. Is it my Wi Fi or yours? Who's the problem here? Okay. Dude, what, I, and what other scenarios do you make this face? That's what I want to know. Yeah, well, I love that we insult. I insulted Long Island Luke, and he's like, "Oh, you want to mess with me? I'll just turn the show off." Okay, I know, that's record great. scratch. Yeah. Everything comes yeah. to a stop. Look at that shit. Look at my stupid face. Looks like I'm hiding walnuts in my cheeks. Yeah, That'd be this worse. Is great. All right. Uh, BC, any thoughts about that? We talked about the co-main event. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko taking on Tyler Santos. Tyler Santos doesn't have quite the same record. Obviously, who does? But pretty good one. And on top of that, you know, while ranked fifth, is heading in there with a lot of momentum. Absolutely. And she has, I think, and we said this when, when we originally heard about this fight, comparatively, compared to the type of contenders that Valentina has mo- largely faced, given the... Lack of depth in this division and the lack of, I want to say this politely, like everyone that Valentina faces, for the most part, they're good, but they're not great. Like you can't carve out a path to victory. I think Talia Santos, and by the way, she may straight up get dominated like Jessica Andrade did, like grossly dominated because Shevchenko's just that great. But I think Talia Santos at the very least brings youth, power, size, brings brings a certain mix of, of plus intangibles that isn't in the same category of a Jessica Aya, Caitlin Chukagi, and a Lauren Murphy. You get my point there, Luke, right? You get mm-hmm. it. Okay. It's 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 fair. I made a fair point. Okay. It's it, you know, but th- I'm I'm excited about this fight, you know. But for all we know, Shevchenko's just gonna walk through it. Although Jennifer Maya gave her a little bit of problems, and I know that you know that Manon Faro is coming on, okay? Did you hear her call out Chukagian? Did you hear that shit, Luke? I did. Uh, any thoughts on Vittori versus Whitaker? I got to tell you, I love this fight. Whitaker is obviously, I think, fair to say, a lot more skilled than Marvin Vittori. But as we've also talked about, Vittori is quietly getting better and better and better. I think he has some issues in terms of putting up enough offense on opponents to get the round to really turn in his favor or, or even really approach finishing scenarios, at least as it relates to the elite of the division. But he's a big, <clears throat> strong kid, super young. Super big for the weight class, much bigger than Robert Whitaker. I I, I love this fight. I think it's great. I mean, I, I love it. I, I, it's just that I think, think Robert Whitaker's conclusion gonna, for Rob. I think Robert Whitaker's going to house him. Now, is okay. Vittori bring a tough challenge? Yes. Here's my point. Vittori beat Paulo Costa. It was close, but he beat him. Because I don't think Paulo Costa is going in the right direction long term in terms of his focus and game planning and all that stuff. He's 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 living life, you know, off the rails at the moment, it seems. But Paulo Costa versus Rob Whitaker is a sexy-ass fight. This ain't that, Luke. Okay, I'm not going to talk myself out of Vittori being competitive here, and I'm not going to reiterate that maybe Robert Whitaker beat Adesanya in the Rumi match. But but I think this is the proper setup for Robert Whitaker it, to, to come back and, and remind us how great he is. But, you know, that this is why we fight them, Luke, okay? Because Vittori... Vittori has surprised me a few different times along the way. 
it would surprise me if Vittori won, but that I think he's worthy of an opportunity like this. Yes, I do. I absolutely believe that. I think Robert Whitaker is the more skilled fighter, and skills tend to win fights. But you got to fight him. That's that's why you put him out there. We'll have to see how that goes. So to the point, we'll see what else they add to this card, BC. But that I mean, just that alone. Three. Remember when you were a kid? If the album had three good songs, that was good oh, enough yeah. to buy. There you go. Dude, it's I- good enough to buy right there. I remember my dad would be so critical when I was in middle school. I'd go down to Strawberries. Remember that CD and tape store, Luke? Strawberries? That's a, that's that? a Connecticut special. We didn't have strawberries. Yeah, me and, me and Young Glover were there all the time. And, you know, I'd buy – I remember specifically I bought the Lemonheads' It's a Shame About Ray, which is just a phenomenal 90s, like, alternative post-punk sort of record. And my dad going, how many songs do you know off that? And I'm like, well, they got that Mrs. Robinson video on MTV. It's great. It goes – if you don't know at least three songs on that, is that really a good purchase? Is that really a good use of your money? I remember him saying that, Luke. And you know what, Pops? You know what, Dad? It was a great, it was a great purchase, and I still stand by that today, okay? Thank you. How many yeah. times have you cried from emotional joy at a Toad the Wet Sprocket concert? No, I, I, I didn't go down that lane, but I do stand by Evan Dando and the Lemonheads, and I think most people of my age would <clears throat> would agree with that, Luke. How many you. times did you write love letters to your crushes listening to <clears throat> jars of clay? I should, I, by the way, I'm not going to pull a Jay Aaron and tell you Shinedown's the greatest band of all time, but if Jars <laughs> of Clay pops up on Sirius XM, I don't turn the channel, Luke, okay? Judge yeah, me all I, you yeah. want. I, I do. I definitely do. Uh, okay. Oh, no, no. Topic sorry. Th- I was thinking of the fray. For F Jars of Clay. I was thinking of the fray. I stand by the uh, fray, Luke, okay? How about Rusted Root? Send me on my way. Luke, did, right. did I ever tell you that story about well, <laughs> when I went to a Rusted Root concert and never made it in because I drank 11 and a half Zimas in the car ride from Naugatuck, Connecticut to Hartford? In the car ride, which is like 40 minutes, Luke, I drank 11 and a half Zimas. Um, Wait, no, spent... did you drink 11 and a half Zimas or did you do the 11 and a half Zimas with the gummy bear slash <clears throat> Jolly Rancher? No, we down didn't the have that of? access. We didn't have that access. So I spent the night in a... In a North Hartford gas station throwing up for hours, Luke. Okay, do you know how dark that night was? I mean, do you have any idea how just... I remember the guy behind the glass, the cashier, was like, you don't want to be here. This is not a place to hang out. Yeah, this is... That was, you know... Hey, Luke, we've all had those nights, right? In fact, you could argue that in, in over the span of your career, this blip on the radar, this morning combat is similar to that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Luke? I mean, this is like, you know, do I really want to be here? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you ask yourself that t- all the time, Luke, you know? I certainly do. All right, topic number two. This is an interesting one. Devison Figueredo doesn't want to fight Moreno anymore. He wants Kai Carr of France. He said on Instagram, quote, Dear Dana White, I just wanted to say thank you for the opportunities that you have given me, my family, and my country. Uh, you know that I would fight anybody, anytime, anywhere. That being said, I want to fight Brandon Moreno for the fourth time because I know this is what the fans want. Until his team crossed the line with racist comments. Calling me a monkey and even going to the extent of photoshopping a monkey's face on top of mine. You know what I'm talking about, Raul Arvizu. I'm not sure who that is. Uh, When all this happened, I went on a campaign to stop racism and prejudice in my city, where it is predominantly Indians and blacks. I mean, I think it's who's against. Uh, As the UFC champion of the world, I I, I ask you to consider my wish. I wish to fight the next contender in line, Kai Kara France, who has earned his spot. Hashtag, we are one, hashtag... Stop the racism. <laughs> uh, okay, BC, is there racism here? Should first he all, fight Kai Car France instead? Yeah, first of all, one love here, Luke. When he says Indians, is he talking about Native Americans or or, or well, your 
your home country? I think indigenous Brazilians, if that's what you're okay, referring okay. to. Okay, um, yeah. Look, no one's going to, you know, I, if this is true, I didn't see this meme of, of, a, of a monkey's face on there, but look, so, that's... So, hold on, can I, add, can I add one more detail? Yeah. So, as I understand it, what Brandon Moreno was saying was that one of his... Uh, they were on like Instagram Live and they were playing with Instagram filters. And you know how the filter can come up where you're like a rabbit or like a or a monkey or whatever. And he claims it's just a misunderstanding from that. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a it's a really bad look. Regardless, is it enough to get the UFC to to pull Moreno from the fight and go in a different direction? No. It's not. <laughs> it's not. At the end of the day, now look like you know. <laughs> if anything, it's going to give Dana White more fuel to hype up this fourth fight and go. Oh, not only is this one of the greatest all action rivalries in UFC history. But now we got hate. Now we got hate to circle in there. Like when Connor was calling out Habib's wife and his religion. I mean, look, this is this is the fight game. This is what happens. It sucks. But I want to ask you, Luke, do you take Figueredo at his word? And I don't I don't mean that, you know, insultingly. I mean, like, do you think he's really upset about this and it's true? Or do you think he surprised a lot of us by at 34 winning back the title, avenging a, a stoppage loss, a one-sided one against a younger, higher-ranked fighter on the come-up, do you think he's just more trying to play a card of saying, why don't we delay this a little bit because this guy has my number. I've had his at times, but he's got mine as well. Let's go in a different direction to a guy who maybe I think I can beat better. I don't say that to try to say that he that he's making this up. I'm saying, is that any part of his... I'm devil's advocating you, Luke. Yeah, okay? I think there might be a little <clears throat> bit of that. A little bit of that. Here's what I mean. I definitely think he is tired of fighting him, right? I mean, fighting a guy four times, no matter who you are, that sucks. And usually when they fight four times, it's a little bit more spaced out than it has been for them. These guys have been just, you know, all over each other, quite literally, the last two years or however long the, the, the time is. Um, so he probably is sick of it and doesn't want to do it, but is kind of doing it because that's what the fans want, which he basically said. <laughs> and then this comes around, and you know how fighters are, man. They're like the most sensitive people on earth, which I understand. It's an occupational need to a degree. And then they'll find any seemingly, you know, sometimes innocuous slight to be like, man, fuck that guy. I think it's probably just that. Like, is there racism there? I mean, for folks who don't, you know, yeah. Like, people, yes. Let me just tell you, South America is, I mean, they are dripping with racism down there. They're a lot in denial about it, but it's, trust me, it's there. So, could it be, be a role? And I'm sure, by the way, that, you know, has a guy like Devison Figueredo probably faced some racism from, and also just class issues in South America, which are tied into race issues. Has he faced some? Probably, probably. I tend to think, though, what it more looks like from an evidence-based standpoint is that uh, he just doesn't want to fight this guy. Not because he's scared. He, hell, he just won. But because he's sick of it, Kaikar France is new, and... Kaikar France, I think, at least in Figueredo's mind, and that may not be the reality, but in his mind, I think he thinks that that's an easier fight, and why not? Yeah, fuck yeah, it. Yeah, and, and I think I agree with that, and that's that's nothing against the the base of this being a shitty move, racist. All, yeah, like, that's, if this is all, it sucks. It, it's not a good look for anyone, but uh, sorry, Devison, money's going to win out. The UFC, I mean, look, look, at the end of the day. This, I, I do have a question for you, though, but go ahead. I was going to say, like, this fourth fight, if it's even, like, pretty damn good, like, these guys are these guys are, are making their, their history right here with each other. Like, they've found the right dance partner to get into the history books and be remembered. So UFC's not going to run away from that. And also, Luke, even with Figueredo just winning, I'm telling you, Moreno's going to be the betting favorite here. 
And he, for the UFC, is still a long-term piece to make that move to Mexico that they've tried a bunch of times and really haven't been able to completely change the 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 foundational you know boxing crazy fandom and 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 like they made some grounds and Moreno being the first Mexican fighter to win the title was huge for them right if he regains this Luke Moreno's going to be like a full Carol because the only thing that we love more in sports than one of our own wherever you're from winning is is losing and then coming back and winning so yeah at the end of the day Figueroa the fourth fight's going to happen but I I do support you if this really happens a shitty move yeah. Let me ask you this question, and you may say he doesn't beat either of them, but I'm going to ask it this way. Let's say Kai Kara France is next. Seems seems like he could be. We'll see. Who does Kai Kara France, in your mind, have a better chance against stylistically? Devison Figueredo or Brandon Moreno? And again, if your answer is he doesn't beat either of them, fine. But who does he do better against? The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I don't think I have an argument either way. Do you? Because I they're all elite. Fig- they're, they're all great fighters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I would say that if Figueredo <clears throat> is undisciplined, that's a better fight for Kaikara France than Moreno. But I would say if Figueredo is disciplined, the Moreno fight is better. Uh, it's yeah, something like No, you're like right. That. Because, like, are we past the time frame of saying that every time Figueredo... <clears throat> goes to the scales and tries to cut weight that he's, you know, he's rolling the dice. Or, you know, I just, I just, I don't know if he's rolling the dice, but I just feel like you only have a finite amount of those left in you, right? Yeah. You have a finite amount of weight cuts to 125 that are going to enable you, that you can even A, make and B, perform on. Probably a handful of them left. So that's where I, and is this the one <clears throat> where it just all falls apart? Who knows? And if you're the UFC, Luke, if you don't put this fourth fight in Mexico, what are, what are we doing here, right? What are we doing here? I don't... Um, here, here's what... This is the thing I don't understand going back to topic number one, BC. Didn't Dana be like, hey, we're only going to go to places where, you know, the COVID rules are not all that strict, <laughs> which is his pr- prerogative. But, dude, Singapore... I, I mean, I'm not sure what the current state is, but relative to what's happening here, they're far more strict about it. So if you can go to Singapore... 
can't you go? Can't you go to Mexico? Like, I, I mean, yeah, again, I'm I not mean, entirely sure about the rules. We just went to Columbus, that's... right? We just went to Columbus. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think unless major changes happen, I, I don't think that's a problem. I mean, I get, look, I get there's logistical challenges, but Dana's made a, a history of pushing through those logistical challenges, and you don't need sea level cane to tell you that this is the fight to do in Mexico. Like if you want to have an explosion in Mexico yeah. and give your, your home country guy a chance here to, to make himself a legend, this is the dude, this is the fight. That's it. Or how okay. about this? How about this? Take that fight <clears throat> to Brazil. I'd be happy with that. Put it okay. in the hometown guys uh, or near hometown. Anyway, why not Brazil? Yeah. Why not? He's the champion. I, I also don't disagree with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, topic number three, BC. This one came out of left field a little bit. I mean, I guess it didn't. It must have been slow rolling. But it came out of left field yesterday when it hit the news cycle. For BC over Doom, it's basically done. He's basically retired. He spoke to, I know he spoke to Guillermo Cruz over at MMA Fighting. And he spoke to a couple other places as well. Here's what he says. Talking about MMA, I think it's hard for me to come back because it's more dedication staying two, three months in the United States. And I'm living in Brazil for a year and three months now, he said. If there's a boxing match, I'd do it. To sum it up, boxing, yes. MMA, no. It would need to be an out-of-this-world offer to make me stop doing what I've been doing uh, right now. And, of course, he was scheduled to be in the 2022 PFL season. That's out. BC, your reaction. One of Okay, here we go. One of the great Brazilian martial artists of all time. And that's a true exactly. statement. Fabrizio Verdum is calling it a career, it seems like. What do, what, what do you have to say about it? Yeah, like, I'm not surprised given that he's 44 years old and had that 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 medical situation which pulled him out of the PFL there. He had the no contest and didn't look great, Luke. I mean, to be fair, he hasn't looked great in a while, right? To close off his UFC run, there was there was a lot of time off. Wasn't there a USADA instances as well, Luke? Yes, he had a two I year so. Mm-hmm. He had a two-year break between the knockout loss to Alexander Volkov and the split decision loss to Alexei Olenek, which... He just didn't look like himself in that fight. So he gets a, a sub win over Alexander Gustafsson at heavyweight to close out his UFC run. But look, you know, where's Alexander Gustafsson right now as well? So uh, I'm not surprised, but it, it's funny. We just had that discussion about where's Glover putting himself in the all-time great Brazilian ranking. Damn, we always sometimes forget where Fabricio Verdum belongs in that discussion. And yes, he's another guy who's not overly flashy, right? I mean, you know, he'll throw a boomerang at a guy, but that's about it. But man, has that guy had had a damn? Has that guy had a great career, Luke? You talk about one of the most underrated great careers. I'm not surprised that he's calling it quits now. I think he actually should, but he has two of the most impressive and memorable, and in some cases unlikely victories of all time, being the the shocking sub of Fedor at that point in the Strikeforce uh, Grand Prix, and then of course the upset of of Kane in Elevation in Mexico. Um. I mean, Luke, there was, if I'm not mistaken, there was a point after he beat Kane where people like Joe Rogan were arguing maybe this is the greatest heavyweight of all time. That's right. Dude, his record is remarkable. I mean, we're not even talking about the fact that this guy was a multiple-time black belt and world champion, right? And I think Gi and Nogi. I believe that's right. I think he won it at, yeah, let me listen to this. At ADCC 2009, gold medal in the plus 99 kilo. 2007, gold medal. 2011, silver. 2005 and three, bronze. 2003, Sao Paulo Open. He had a silver. Jiu-Jitsu Championships. 2004, gold in his division. 2003, gold in his division. 2000, gold in his division. Pan Ams, he won it in 2001, two and 2000, both open and his own weight class. So he is in the gi and out the gi, a multiple-time world champion. Listen to his wins in MMA. 
right? He beat Gabriel Gonzaga, Tom Erickson, who back in the day was this sort of giant man, a wrestler, Roman Zensov. Most folks won't remember this name, but trust me, I remember this fight very closely. John Olav Einemo, this like huge Norwegian guy, fucking monster. Dude, uh, Verdun beat him. Alistair Overeem, Alexander Milianenko, Gonzaga again, Brandon Vera, Antonio Silva, Fedor, Roy Nelson, Mike Russo, uh, Big Nog. I remember when everyone was like, yo, Big Nog's got better jiu-jitsu than Fabrizio. I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> no, he does not. Not even close. Travis Brown, Mark Hunt, Kane Velasquez, Travis Brown again, Walt Harris, Marcin Tybora, and then Gustafson. Dude, he put it on people, and he did it for a couple of decades. And Pretty dude, goddamn impressive. When he beat Mark Hunt, that was for the interim heavyweight title, and he finished him. He finished yes, him with a knee. In Mexico I mean, that City, was, that's right. That was some vicious shit right there. So a true legend. By the way, he's very good friends with our with our boss, Karen Portley of CBS Sports, who uh, previously Verdum? worked for the UFC, and they became close. I approached um, Verdum at a UFC event one time, got my my phone camera phone, and was like, hey, uh, you know, my old boss, Karen, great guy. What do you have to say for him? And then Fabrizio went on a uh, a tirade of swears against him. Look, I guess that's how friends get down. You know, that's how you and I talk to each other. Uh, more or less, that's how we talk to each other. And he, you know, he had noteworthy losses too. I know he doesn't have the most unimpeachable resume, but like the highs were pretty goddamn high. I mean, dude, he really—if you think about it—in two key intervals in his career, he completely shook up the heavyweight division, and he made the crowning of who was supposed to be the greatest of all time kind of impossible, at least in the in the moment that he was there. By virtue, when he beat Fedor, I'm telling you, nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw that coming. And the Cain Velasquez one, I guess, was a little bit more predictable, but not so. I should also point out that Verdum is a bit of a linguist. He has done cage-side color commentary in Spanish. I actually had my wife listen to it. I was like, how good is his Spanish? She was, like, fluent. Like, you know, you can, you can hear a little bit of his Brazilian accent in the back, but he is like a great commentator as a matter of fact not just able to do it but able to do it quite well he's been he's been a talented guy for a long time and i don't know if you know this do you know the story of how he got into jujitsu no um <clears throat> he was you know uh like like a lot of guys in their teen years fighting over another guy uh fighting with another guy over a girl and uh he got put to sleep i think in front of the girl he was either dating or trying to date by the other guy who I think had known at least some jujitsu, and he was so bothered by it that he was like, I'm going to go learn that, and it turns out he ended up being a multiple-time world champion in and out of the gi. Just a remarkable sort of series of events that pushed him there. Not without blemish, not without controversy. He also took money from Ramzan Kadyrov, we should say that. But on top of it all, as a fighter and as a competitor, you know where does he belong among the Brazilians? I guess you should ask them. But as far as I'm concerned, I think he's one of the best to ever do it. I put him on the same. Actually, I would put him above Jacare, given what he was able to do. Uh, I mean, name, pretty, pretty pretty amazing guy. The, the amount of heavyweights who have two wins as important as the two he had over Fedor in that version of Kane at that point. Uh, can you name any? I mean, like the like those are those are mm. two of the greatest wins in heavyweight history. Legitimately, truly, legitimately. True. Yeah, truly, truly, and then be, and, and and beating, um, you know, Gonzaga twice, and then beating. Oh, you know, he, here's the thing: he does have that loss to JDS when it was JDS's UFC debut. Remember that the uppercut, and then yeah. Verdum just implodes like a building that's been, you know, an old stadium that the city is demolishing. Uh, so you know, he's got some of those noteworthy losses, but but uh, it was it was honestly a thrill to cover his career. It really was. He did a lot of great things, and you know, if it, it, by the way. He made his debut, BC, 
in June of 2002. Dude, that's when I graduated college. Look at me. <laughs> Look yeah. at me. He's still far up until today or anyway or whatever. Still fighting. It's time. It's time. Time out. Time to call it a day. Time to call yeah. it a day. That guy's been through some wars. No question about it. And um, <clears throat> Luke, I'm, I have to apologize to the people. I'm sorry that I can't clear my throat here. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. BC, uh, last but not least, this is something that you have been like not teasing, but kind of teasing as a theoretical thing. You know, just something, wouldn't wouldn't it be cool if this happened? Well, now it has happened. Uh, this came to us from Michael Benson, BC. He has reported that it's been announced. Nooya Inoue is going to fight Nonito Donaire again in a WBA, WBC, and IBF bantamweight world title unification. This will be June 7th at the Saitama Super Arena in Japan. BC, why is this such a big deal? This is incredible. It's not that we didn't know both wanted this rematch and that it wasn't possible. There were some promotional and network issues that were getting in the way potentially. <clears throat> but now that they're going to do it, that they're going to do it in the damn Saitama Super Arena, if you didn't see their first fight, it's one of the greatest boxing matches of, of this century. And that's, that's not hyperbole. Uh, we all thought aging old legend, future Hall of Famer, Naoa, I'm sorry, uh, Nonito Donaire was going to get like demolished. And if you don't know Nioa Inoue, the monster, I have him number two on my pound for pound list. He's won titles in so many different weight classes. So early in his career, carried the power up a great boxer, but just devastating power. And that fight a couple years back against Donaire. I mean, you want to talk about both guys gutting it out. Both guys just leaving everything they have in there. Donaire gets dropped early and you think, Oh, that, you know, it's, it's what we thought it was. And then Donaire just keeps coming back. And he ends up breaking the eye socket early in the fight uh, of, of Inoue. And they just go to war the rest of the way. It went to the scorecards. It was just an insanely amazing fight for just the the sure will of, of, of two legends. And the fact that they're going to run it back a couple years later after Donaire continues this ridiculous late career surge. Like, like hmm. you have to understand, Nonino Donaire won, like... He was almost unbeaten for a decade there. He got as high as pound for pound number, I think it was three behind Floyd and Manny back when he lost to Guillermo Rigondeaux in 2013. And after that, you know, we kind of thought, okay, that's his mountaintop. He moved up not one but two weight classes, got knocked out a couple times against big time sluggers. Then late in his 30s, comes back down two weight divisions to Bantamweight and is just this killer. And he's smart and he's crafty. And the fact that he went in there against this absolute monster, literally, in Nioa Nui and put on that performance and then came back, regained a title, went on this run where he was like legitimately in the fighter of the year discussion last year with two big knockout wins to gain a title and now wants to go back in there and do this again against a guy who's on his way to becoming one of the all-time greats in the monster Nioa Nui. This is everything you love about this sport. If you did not watch this fight the first time around, you will not be disappointed if you go check it out. Um, I don't know what network this is going to be on, Luke. I don't know what, you know, the promotional situations involved. I just know this is a boon for boxing fans. Like, thank you to these two for, for running this back. Um, you're always going to have to favor a new way with the age difference and all that. But Donaire's not done. And that's this is a special coda to a legendary career. The first fight is that available on the DAZN archives? Where did I believe that so. one air? 
I believe that's I believe where it so. aired, right? In this state's not anyway. I don't know about overseas. It was a part of that World Boxing Super Series tournament. I believe you can still catch it there. Which, by the way, did you like their Muhammad Ali trophy, the one that kind of spins a little bit? Or is like a, it's like a screw that's in the shape of a trophy kind of? It's hard to explain. I did. At first, yeah, when I it was like announced, it. I actually, I, that's actually one of my favorite combat sports trophies. I like it. I, I agree, and I, you know, when when Richard Schaefer, he was a part of that first announcement of this tournament series that they came out with. You know, we were kind of like, oh, cool, name it the Muhammad Ali Trophy. Who cares? But the history of that WBSS World Boxing Super Series, which is now defunct, but they put together Luke some incredible. I mean, that cruiserweight one where Alexander Usyk beat, you know, uh, Gassiev and beat uh, Myrus Brightus, and they were all amazing fights. Wasn't like, there a good one with uh, with Ward and Arthur Abraham as well? That was the Showtime Super Six tournament that that Super that aired That's right. previously. That's right. That's right. This was a single elimination of the World Boxing Super Series, but we also saw it at the one forty division. We saw Ruguru take jo- on Josh Taylor. The whole point is it brought people from different networks and promotions together, and champions face champions, and in divisions that weren't getting a lot of global fanfare we got to find out who was actually the best because the best fought the best so that legacy of that series really holds up firm all right well that will be june 7th i can't wait cannot wait for that i mean look this dude the april calendar is just stupidly sick in both sports i mean forget don't forget that april 15th friday night we get pitbull mckee too in bellator and then the next night in dallas we get spence ugas on showtime pay-per-view yeah but dude, then it's like Tyson Fury versus Dillian White the next week in front of a you know hundred thousand people, and on April thirtieth to close the month, we get uh, Amanda Serrano versus uh, Katie Taylor at Madison Square Garden for the biggest fight in women's boxing history. On the same night, Shakur Stevenson takes on Oscar Valdez to unify titles. And Luke, we just found out that Shakur Stevenson has agreed to take less money for this fight to gamble on himself because he felt this was the only way they could really make this fight was if he brought down his his price and he says it's the last time he's going to wow. do it. This wow. I mean again, two unbeaten champ. This is I what a time. What a time to be alive right yeah, now. Yeah, not even talking about the UFC schedule that month either, which is just tremendous too. So April is going to be busy, folks. Get ready. All right, that's it for our rundown BC. I hand the baton to you. Let's get get on with the torture, I guess. Oh, the one other thing, Luke, I don't know if you care about it. Kelvin Gastelum has a new opponent for UFC 273. Yes, Imavov, right? Or no, it's... Uh, Driscus uh, Duplessis. Duplessis. Duplessis, I think is how you pronounce who, it. Who was a hammer so far in UFC from what we've seen. That's South African guy, right? Yeah, yeah, he brings it. That's a. It was originally supposed to be what? Uh, who was Imavov. the original? Nasuruddin Imavov. Yes, yes. Visa issues Out of in the way. Factory. He was, who's fucking very good. <clears throat> very All right, good. we're going to get to fan subs in a second, but we've played this game before with Chuck Mindenhall. We also played it solo uh, with myself and the producer, uh, Gaffney Pierre, guy that oh, we Oh, I bet here. you play by yourself solo. You're damn right. Uh, but, Luke, this is the first time you're doing it. So here's the breakdown on what this is. All right. The Wheel of Death is designed at, you know, getting you to talk about certain topics in combat sports or what have you that you don't want to. Truth or trivia is a little bit different. I'm going to give you five trivia questions. Each one that you get wrong, you have to answer a personal question that I'm sure you don't want to be talking about. It's an interesting segment, Luke. It's a fair one, in my opinion, and it's called Truth or Trivia. Truth or Trivia. Look at that graphic. Yes. Hey, that's pretty good. I like that. It's nice. (laughs) All right, Luke. Each question you get right, you don't have to answer a personal attack. Number one, Luke. Besides Misha Tate at UFC 168, who was the only other fighter to make it out of the first round against Ronda Rousey in her 14-fight MMA career? 
So we're talking like anything, Strike Force or Regional or whatever. Um, okay, so not Zingano. Um, definitely not Sarah McMahon. Not Betch. Oh, Holly. Holly was round two, correct? Good pull, Luke. Good pull. Yeah, Holly Holm go. is correct. Yeah. UFC 193 in 2015. See, I thought I would catch you sleeping on that, Luke. I did. No, I, I remember she went back to the round, and I was like, this is going real bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what's about to happen here, but this ain't looking too good. Uh, Edmund told that. her she's doing great, though. He just wanted a little bit more head movement, Luke. Okay. <laughs> All right. Shout out to and, our, and uh, a thousand <laughs> memes were born. Armenian MMA royalty right there, Luke. Wow, you won't get that personal. That would have been a, that would have been an interesting one. All now, right. Let me question. ask you a question. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So is the truth question attached to the trivia question? In other words... If I get the next one wrong, can you pick either of those truth ones or only the truth one associated with that Only the truth one associated with it. Okay, Okay. so this, look, if you get on fire with the trivia, there's going to be a boring segment, Luke. Okay, we'll see what happens. Well, you know, I I woke up early today, so uh, I'm on my third cup of coffee. We'll see how this goes. Number two, everyone knows you love city kickboxing and head coach Eugene Berriman out of Auckland, New Zealand. More than you love anything else in this world not named your family, powerlifting, BBLs, and eating Uber Eats up to a full hour after it has arrived at your hotel room and is already cold. So according to CKB's Wikipedia page, they currently have eight active UFC fighters in its stable. Name seven of them. All right. Obviously, uh, Adesanya. Volkanovski. Brad Riddell. Carlos Olberg. Blood Ooh, Diamond. The handsome Carlos Oldberg, yes. Did you Blood say Blood Diamond? Diamond? Blood oh, Diamond. you got five, Luke. You got five, bro. Oh, Kai Carr, France, and Shane Young. Wow. Wow. How about that? How about that, Just bitch? Actually, like... I don't know. Is Shane Young on the roster? I'm not even sure if he's still on the roster. Is he still on the roster? Do you want to show off and get the get the last one? Get the eighth one? Luke? Hold on. Okay, who am I missing? Yeah, let me see if I can get this one. Um... Give me a hint. Give me a hint. He loses a lot lately. <laughs> oh, Dan Hooker. Yeah. Dan all right, Hooker. All right. All right. Wow, Luke, you oh, dodged another. Sucks. I like Dan. Fuck that. That's a terrible way to put it. Yeah. This personal question was going to be about your marriage, so you're probably happy that you have to answer it, Luke. Okay. All right. So fuck you and your attempts. Keep my wife's name out of your yeah. effing mouth, BC. That's right. All right. Pop. <clears throat> Trivia question number three. I'm sure the fans won't love it, Luke, but later next week, I'm leaving for vacation, which uh, coincides with my son's April school break. And if anyone knows about taking vacations, including the multi-week kind when you have an award-winning show... I mean, I took 10 days, you fucking oaf, but okay. you, Luke Thomas. Over the past 32 months of Morning Combat's existence, one of our seats have been filled by eight different replacement hosts. Name them all and note these must be MK branded shows shot either in our studio or on Zoom. So Paul Pierce, Polly Malinaji, and Brendan Schaub don't count since those were Showtime boxing related events. Okay, so Shaq, Shaquille Majori. Yes. Aaron Bronstetter. Yes. Uh, old Oscar from Mac Life. Yes. Old Rashad Evans. Yes. Chuck Mendenhall. Five for five, Luke. I have to get three more? Yes. Ooh, that's what... Okay. <laughs> um, 
It's about to get tough. Now, this is a case when either you're out or I'm out. Correct. <clears throat> okay. Um, let me think here. There's three more. There is, Luke. It's a, we had a great history in this show, you know. Is this like a? I mean, I named Chuck, right? I got I got Iceman already. You got him. Does Aljamain Sterling count? He does. Yes, he okay. does. Luke, that was an MK okay. branded show. Okay, Two so more. That's Luke. Six. That's six. Um. Jesus, this is tough. Give me a second. Give me like ten seconds. I don't know. I don't know the other two. Wow. You finally, we get some truth in here. The correct answers, Luke, were Rafe Bartholomew, my old boxing oh, buddy. Fuck. Yes. And Dan Canopio of Inside Box. Oh, that's boxing. right. That's right. <clears throat> fuck. Fuck. All right, Luke. All right, it's you time got me. for some you got truth. Me. There we go, Luke. Considering you called me a mongoloid on the air <laughs> as recently as our interview with Gilbert Burns, both of us have been in the crossfire of countless insults aimed at each other throughout this show's history. In fact, you not only regularly disrespect me and my brain-damaged existence, but you've even been known to throw a few shots at my savior every now and then, and Luke, I've forgiven you. So as respectful and loving as I can be with this, why in the damn hell was it a drunken David Hasselhoff video that caused you to finally snap on me? What was it about that ill-timed and juvenile joke that cut so deep. I only ask, Luke, because being real with you, it hurt me to know that I could hurt you that accidentally and okay. that easily. It, it, okay, so it wasn't... I mean, first of all, when you say I snapped, where did I snap? Did in, I one time lose my... In Fort did Lauderdale. I lose my, on, did I really... I lost my cool by telling you how I felt? Like... That's not snapping. Snapping is like what Will Smith did. That's snapping. Okay. To be fair, we've apologized and moved on. I just want to yes. know what was it about that stupid video that got you that upset? Yes, the joke. There's nothing wrong with the joke. The joke is totally fine. It was just that. Um, trying to get my studio going for my personal channel has been, I'll just be candid with you, it's been a bit of a disaster. Um, there's a lot of things that that office does for me that are quite good. There's a lot of things I did not, it's my fault. I didn't scout properly. And now I don't know how to solve those problems. The good news, of course, all told is that it's only a six month lease. So in the end, it's not like some financially, you know, uh, devastating blow, but you know, um, I'll just tell everyone what the audience wants to know. That room costs 1300 a month. Just to Bro, what so, kind of money are you making from CBS? No, and no, Showtime I don't. Right it now? doesn't come out from my CBS money. It only comes. My, my YouTube business stays a YouTube business. So any money that comes in or out is just a function of what happens there. I don't ever touch anything from CBS. So the point I'm trying to make here is, um, you know, I'm trying to get everything going again, and I don't have anybody to blame but myself. Like, there's nobody else to blame. But between like the lack of sleep, which is really an ongoing problem, and I'm naturally a little bit error prone with that sort of stuff. I've been making like up all night, early in the morning efforts to like make, I've made like production checklists and everything to make sure everything was right. And in fact, while the home studio, uh, while the away studio is the one that has the problems, typically my home studio is the one 
where things are pretty much in order. I mean, yes, errors happen, but they're a little less common here because I have all of my major equipment all kind of already set up. That was a new process. But you compound all the difficulties there. And then I got up one morning because I knew I had to travel for it. We were going to Fort Lauderdale. And I wanted to make sure we had a good UFC London extra credit because there were so many good fights. And I was super tired, and I got up again, and I recorded the whole thing. And even at home, I had fucked it up. Now, here's, here's why it was so painful. It is very difficult for me to accept, and I have to, of course, um, just how relentless the errors have been for so long and like what that says about my uh, attentiveness to detail in, in solving those problems. And the part that hurts the most is I cannot blame anybody else. I can only <clears throat> blame myself. And I was just despondent because I was so tired. I had already recorded it. And then you had sent that. Folks don't know. He had sent that GIF as a text. And I had sent a very like, gee, thank you, BC. Kind of like, you know, stop here. Kind of. I, I thought it a signal to please stop here. And then you did it on the show. It, the joke is fine. There's nothing wrong with the joke. It was just that I was, I was really down on myself when you put that up. And I didn't need it at the time. That's all. Well, like Chris Rock's ignorance regarding the alopecia related to Jada Pinkett Smith, Luke, um, I didn't realize that was that deep of a struggle for you. And again, I apologize. Um, you don't have to. We're cool, dude. We're cool. We're boys. It's fine. It, it, the, the, I want you to know and I want the audience to know. I know the joke was fine. I was just really upset at myself. And I felt like obviously every time. Here's the thing, dude. When you do one of those errors and like it's a live chat or anything else. You're so exposed. You're just so exposed <clears throat> and flapping in the breeze. And I wish I could point fingers, you know, that, oh, they did this to me, but they didn't. No one did it to me. And it's yeah. like, it, it sucked. That morning really, really sucked for me. I, I am sorry to compound that, Luke, and um, I'm glad we've moved on from this, okay? Thank you We're for good. being good, real dude. for the people, okay? Yeah. And I do regret that time I made that offhanded joke no, about the that joke, guy on our show. You know, I'm Yeah, the joke, joke is, the jo there's nothing wrong with the joke. There's nothing <clears> wrong with the joke. All right, Luke. Trivia question number four. We are nine months away from the 10-year anniversary of the final Strike Force card, Strike Force card on Showtime in Oklahoma City, which was the final straw in Zufa purchasing the brand from CEO Scott Coker and folding it, more or less, into the UFC. At the time of its closing, Strike Force employed champions in seven weight divisions. Heavyweight, light heavyweight, middleweight, welterweight, lightweight, and on the women's side, featherweight and bantamweight. Name six of the seven reigning and defending champions at the time of Strike Force's demise in 2013. Well, would you count Cormier? Because he was given a belt for the Strike Force Heavyweight Grand Prix. I would not count him because there was a defending heavyweight champion at that time who okay. was not part of that. Gil Melendez was the lightweight champ, Correct. Correct. <clears throat> that's one Five um, more. Nate Marquardt was your welterweight champion incorrect Luke and you didn't I did he give you, ice didn't he I did ice? give you he fought in the main event of the final card and lost his title Tyron nope this is this will count as your one wrong answer because I give you a latitude yeah I don't been, dude I don't know I don't know Tariq I have to go Safedin, back uh, Defeated Tark Nate Marquardt in the main event. Uh, what about Luke Rockhold? Was he still the middleweight champ? Correct. <clears throat> um, and so now we have the they have a light heavyweight champ or not? They did have a light heavyweight champ. Was it Hendo? Yeah. All right, yeah. Luke. You're look at this rally right here. All right. So how many have I gotten right? Three or four? You got three, and you need three more. 
Okay, so they had a heavyweight champ at the time. So let me think. So, Overeem? Correct. Wow, you might get this, Luke. Two more. All right. On the women's side, uh, so they had a featherweight and a, and a bantamweight champ? Correct. So featherweight must have been Cyborg, right? Yes. Okay, so I need to get one more. What, what's the what's the non-male category, or what's the male category that I've not got yet? I got lightweight, welter. You, you oh, missed no. welterweight, which was Tariq Safadine. So the only thing you need left is women's bantamweight. Ooh, I guess it must have been Rousey, right? Rousey, yes, correct. Luke, you yeah. survive. You don't have to. Oh, oh dude, this was going to be a good truth question too. Damn it! Oh, oh. got you, bitch. Luke pulls it out of his a-hole. All right, Luke, final question on Truth or Trivia. Let's see if this segment comes back. Luke, it's up to the people, okay? All right, Luke, you may not realize it, but on April 7th, 2018, something happened in the UFC that has never happened before or since. A reigning UFC champion and a reigning interim champion from the same division were stripped of their titles on the same day due to inactivity and injury, less than an hour before a new champion was crowned in a vacant title bout. This is a five-part answer because it's your most difficult and final question. Name the division this took place in. Name both the champion and interim champion who were stripped. Name the two fighters that fought for the vacant title that night. Name the numbered UFC pay-per-view event. Jesus, and dude, name what the, the fuck city. is this? This is five different questions. And name the city that it took place in. I'll reread the parts that you need to think about. April 7th, 2018, defending champion and defending interim champion stripped on the same day and two others fought for the vacant title. <clears throat> now, wait a second. When you say, let me, uh, let me ask a question here. When you say stripped, were they both stripped or was one title dissolved? Well, when an interim title is stripped, it means it's dissolved. So both the champion and the interim champion in the same division were both stripped and two new fighters fought for that title on that night. Look, it's the fifth one. It's going to be the hardest, okay? It's going to be the okay, hardest, Okay, so this Luke. has got to be the lightweight division, right? That's correct. So, so you've, okay. number, you've got one part of it right. Okay, all right. Uh, put the question, put the lower third back up on the screen, please. It's not going to help you, Luke. It's not gonna help. It might, it might. Was this in New York City? <clears throat> what city are you going to claim that this was in? Because this is part of the guess, Luke, okay? I'm saying, was it in New York City? Could you be a little bit more specific on New York City? Brooklyn. Correct, correct. That's that's two of the five that you got right here. You're building okay. it, Luke. You're building something. Now the other three parts are: I have to get who the who the the two people strip were, and then who the new champion was. Who were the two people that fought for the vacant belt, and separately, who was the main champion stripped and the interim champion stripped? So this has got to be. Oh, you got to get the UFC numbered card as well. So you got three more elements to this, Luke. Okay. Okay. There's no chance I'm going to get the number. How about UFC 242? Is that right? That is not correct, Luke. Not correct. Okay. So I'm going to have to do the thing. I want to see if I can get the rest of this. Um, it's got to be Habib and like Connor getting stripped, or Connor and Dustin. I, I can't quite okay, recall let, the let details. Let me stop you there. You're correct. Conor McGregor was the defending regular champion. He was stripped right. due to inactivity that night. Right, right. Now, who was the interim title holder that was stripped due to injury that night? 
Well, he fought Al. He was supposed to fight Max. And then before that, oh, Ferguson. Tony Ferguson got stripped because he had tripped on the court at Fox. And who did Habib defeat that night for the full Al Iaquinta. It was supposed to be Max Holloway and then ended up being Al Iaquinta last second. Hey, so well Al, done, yeah. except for you got the card wrong. UFC 223, 223. in Brooklyn, New York. All right, I'll do, your stupid, I'll do your stupid trivia, even though that was insanely difficult. Okay. Um, Luke, this is the, the hardest. Uh, I wish. I, can I ask any question I want, Luke? Can yeah, I? You, can ask anyone, you can ask anyone you want. Just, just, just you know, don't kill me, please. All right. Well, I got two here that I really want, but we'll see what you happens. Can pick, you can pick the one you really want. I'll, I'll give it to you. It's in an Wednesday. Alternate, in an alternate universe in which you were both single and not an MMA journalist, imagine you won a UFC fan charity auction providing you as the winner with the chance to go on one date, which includes dinner, attending a movie or concert, and a nightcap of drinks with any active UFC female fighter. Who would oh, you pick? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. What are you doing? I'll well, tell it's you either what. that or name the three most overrated UFC fighters today, Luke. It's either, either <laughs> oh, or. Yes, please spare me that one because I'll get killed. <laughs> Um, you know what? You, you will actually like this pick. And the reason why I can make this pick is because I've halfway, not even halfway, a quarter of the way kind of did this um, in a totally platonic and, and uh, normal way. I would say, I'm, you know, if you're single, whatever, I'm just going to pick somebody who I know would be a really fun time. A really fun time. Ah, uh, you're avoiding uh, the spirit of this question. I am absolutely avoiding the spirit of the question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that the entire way. Angela Hill is where I'm going to go. Angela Hill. Okay. Angela Hill, I think, would be one of the most fun of of really almost anyone in UFC, but certainly on the on the female side of things, she seems like a grand time. So uh, I would love that. to do something you and I with her, something fun, something you know, some some type of more. Bro, she's from this. Related. She lives in uh, San Diego, whatever. She's from this area. She grew up in PG County, um, and uh, yeah, she. I, I met her mom because she came back to. I did a, like a symposium here. Like a couple years ago before the pandemic, and she showed up and then brought her mom. Her mom is as lovely as the day is long. You can see where she gets, you know, uh, her her spirited uh, worldview from. So, yeah, Angela Hill. Well, I think she's a worthy answer on both sides of the spirit of this question, although I think a lot of people at home thought you were going to go BBL, Luke, okay? Listen, I'm not trying to get in trouble with your ridiculous line of questioning, and I kept it professional. I kept it okay, professional. Okay, a lot of people. Oh, look at our look, our, look at- our, uh, our production team wrote <laughs> Valerie Lareda. No, yeah, I will keep my answer what it is. I will say Angela Hill. <clears throat> All right, Luke. Wow, there were some there were some beauties for the truth questions, but I'll give you credit. You got four or five trivia questions correct. More or no, yeah. three or five, but the the last one you came pretty damn close. Luke, pretty close. Right? Pretty close. Not bad. Not bad. That's it. It's called. Truth or trivia? Let's keep it rolling, Luke. Every Wednesday morning combat <clears throat> at gmail.com is your email address to send us pictures of you wearing our clothes, your ridiculous memes, whatever you got. This is your time to shine on our show. It's called Fan Submission. Fan Submissions. We've got mail. All right. We've got male listeners mostly too, Luke. Okay. That, that, that's a fact right there. Yeah, baby. <clears throat> Number one, this is Paul sliding in. Here's a pic of me rocking some sweet MK merch on the top of the Great Sugarloaf Mountain in County Wicklow, Ireland. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Look, I didn't even know we sold we sold a blue uh, 1.0 shirt. Do you? Did you know that? Boy, look at look at the tan on this Irishman. Wow. <laughs> Luke, do you have any recommendations for this guy regarding the gym or, or no? Nah, he's doing all right, but. You know, no mysteries about where he's from. Yeah, wow, that that's a nice view. I didn't know they had mountains in Ireland. Am I ignorant on that? 
yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if they have, you know, the Himalayas or something like that, but they certainly have rolling um, landscape. Luke, do you have any MK plans for when I'm on vacation for a week? Dude, I barely know what I'm doing today. Are you kidding me? I'm like, no, I don't have, I haven't thought about it for two seconds. Okay. okay. Thank you very much. Uh, Tyler says, hey guys, P1 here from Chicago. Love the show. All of the great content. It's been inspiring to watch the two of you grow and refine your craft while still maintaining the dick jokes and similar art to make the show great. Here's me in my day one MK merch at the shooting range. No, yeah. I didn't bring any BBLs I'm attempting to wife this time, but you never know. Eagerly looking forward for that January 6th merch line. And much love to the whole team. It's Tyler P. Luke, this guy has been, he knows what, what a curl is. I'll tell you that much. Do you think he stormed the steps with Pat Militich? No, he's way too uh, well kept together to do something like that. Can you uh, full screen this? Let me see. Let's see. Yeah, he didn't bring his target back. I'd like to look at it. The firearm there is on the left. Charging handle brought to the rear. Um yeah, he looks like a normal human being, which makes me wonder why he listens to our show. <laughs> yeah, he's got a strong beard, too. I'm not coming on to him, Luke, but I think this guy's coming on. You know what I mean? He looks like he's ready to take over the world. I'm proud of him. All right, Tyler. Yeah. Very well done. Uh, Victoria says, oh, we got a female. Hi, Luke and, Br and Brian. Thought this could be added to the tip to rip gallery. Jelly babies in the UK are getting it on. <laughs> Thanks so much for your wonderful show, Victoria and David. <laughs> Dude, you just have to look at this moment right here and be like, what have I done in my life where someone sees a gummy bear like this and thinks they're touching dicks? I got to go tell my favorite podcast. <laughs> yeah, Luke, we've built something special right here. All right. <clears throat> uh, Tyler again. I don't know if it's the same Tyler. I think the Matrix glitched this week. The first time was when BC tried to keep the show moving. The second was when BC took the old bitch way out and wouldn't make a pick. What the F? I thought you were the alpha and had that BDE. What is he talking about? What did I not pick, Luke? Did you not pick a winner for one of the fights? I, I, I don't know. Did I not? I don't remember. Oh, wait. You know what? We did pick. So last weekend was what? UFC Columbus. We did make a pick for the main event. I don't know if you made a pick in the Grasso fight. I think you may have skipped out on that no, one. No, I, I told else. you the the lead pipe lock was Grasso by decision, which I was I was wrong on. Oh, I think it was it KK. No, I, I picked Eskarov over France. I don't know, Luke. I don't really know. Yeah, I don't but, know. But he says, uh, lastly, I'm starting the MK record label, and the first album is the death metal album called Hey Fuckos. The first single is get the fuck off my coffee line with your old bitch order. All right, Tyler. Hey, they say he has two more photos. Is that true? Um, Long Island, Luke, is that true? Let's, let's see. Let's see. When BC passes on making a pick for Ailey, Allen versus Hooker. Oh, that's what it was. But always calls LT a bitch for not making picks. Right. Yeah, I guess I guess you didn't uh, uh, lay down a pick on that one. I got a long line of putting my put me on the line. Okay, Luke. Hey, fuckos. I might get that tattooed on my forehead. That'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Uh, we got Ben sliding in, and he says, here's a simple one that might do well. Well, we'll be the judge of that, Ben. Uh, can we blow this up? <laughs> uh, Luke, you know what I would have... Okay, this he's saying it's me. You know what I would have done? Uh, I can't read it. What the fuck does that say? If we would have gone... Two on IG or whatever. Oh, if we would well, have gone the, the what? What? Can our producer? He's trying to make a point that I would have fucked up. 
Oh yeah. Done, yeah, oh, they're talking about your technical difficulties, yes. Luke. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. No, it's it's, fa- it's fair. I mean, I can't say it's not fair. It's completely fair. So okay, all right. Thank you very much. I, I, I mean, I don't know how much I'm laughing at that joke, but I am acknowledging it. <laughs> it comes from a place. Of <laughs> You're crying reality. on the inside, at least. Yes, yeah, yeah. so I'm more weeping uh, and then trying to smile, but it's fair. It's a fair game. All right, Tom says, hi, Donks. Had to send this after hearing BC Butcher, the world-famous strongman's name. This is Luke trying to coach BC to pronounce any name that isn't Cletus McFactory Towns as his brain races his liver to be the first organ to give up the ghost. Wow. Wow, Luke. Wow. The mountain, the mountain. Half Thor, half Thor. Bjornsson, Bjornsson. Okay, half Thor, Bjornsson. Bjorn Thornson. <laughs> I guess I did do that, Luke. Yeah, well, sorry about that, guys. Luke, there are. I got DM'd by a couple MK fans. I want you to ask answer this legitimately. They go, hey, BC, you guys always peddle Showtime Jake Paul boxing pay-per-views our way. What about Jake Paul versus Thorne Bjornsson in a boxing match? Luke, seriously, who you got in that one? Seriously. Well, it's funny you bring that up because I follow the Mountain on Instagram, and uh, today he posted that KSI who I guess is this other, the dude who fought Logan Paul or whatever. I guess he's famous because he's a YouTube thing or whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't know what he does that makes him famous, but whatever. He said he wanted to box the mountain, and, and, and Bjornsson uh, uh, re, re, like reposted it and was like, what do you guys think about this? So I don't know about Jake Paul fighting the mountain, but KSI looks like he wants dibs. Well, look, dude, here's the deal. Jake Paul, he's, also, he's proven. Also, if Jake Paul or... KSI boxes them. I just want to be clear that I I don't care. So there you go. Yeah, but I, I legitimately want to ask you. Um, we know Jake Paul has, has look. He's a better. Fu- he's he's like the best celebrity fighter of the moment. He's young. He's strong. He's big. And to be fair, he's fought aging MMA fighters who are a couple weight classes lower than him. Do you think he has the boxing skill to avoid getting sent to hell by Bjorn Thorson? Well, I mean, here's the deal. It's like. The Mountain is a great athlete, and he's strong as balls, obviously. But he, you know, how fast is he? You know, he's not that fast. No, um, no, not that fast. So I don't know. I mean, that'd be one of those things that, dude. I'll tell you what. If this was two thousand three, we would know the answer to that question because Pride New Year's Eve would be, yes. you know, or K one even would be would be putting this on. Like if you've never, if you guys have never seen Hoist Gracie versus Aki Bono, I think live live in Japan it did fifty million viewers. You know, wow. something, yeah, something insane. Uh, so keep that in mind. Like, um, you would have seen it. You would have seen it, but we'll see how it goes. I'm sure Jose Canseco versus uh, Hongman Choi was the co-main event. <laughs> there, <I'm> sure. <laughs> he came out with the bat and then just fucking ran for the entire Just laid other. down. Just laid right the hell down. Worse than yeah. Houston Alexander against Kimbo, Luke. Worse than that, all right? Hey, I go to besmirch Kimbo's most legitimate MMA win. I'd like to run into Houston one time and, and buy him a drink and then get the real story, Luke. Okay, That's he's a uh, isn't he a radio DJ out of Nebraska or maybe Houston something like that? Oh, really? Is he? All right. Yeah. I, I I always liked him as a fighter. I just I don't understand he, why he was so timid. When in he that was fight. when he was fighting or like either right in the middle of it, right at the end of it, he was doing he was a he was a he was a radio DJ in I believe Nebraska. I don't know what he's up to these days, but he did it at a time. Also, be careful how you talk about Houston and Alexander. That dude will fuck you up. Oh, you're talking about like a like the Will Smith Chris Rock thing. Just keep gets just like keep you know you might you might find yourself outside of Poppy Steak getting yeah, a little bit a too careless. Point. That's a know? fair point. By the way, did you see Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's commentary on Will Smith? He sent that dude to hell. No, what would he say? Oh, you should read it. Like ten different people on face on my Facebook timeline post today. He just took a very educated turn against Will and said that basically Will hijacked and stole the thunder away from. 
black people, from women, from like any, any broke down across the board, why what Will chose to do push forward all these negative stereotypes that we've worked so hard to overcome? I mean, Kareem's a smart guy. I just feel like it's not that hard to figure out. A rich asshole decided he was entitled to be a rich asshole, and uh, yeah. everyone wants to make it about something else. It's like, this is just what elite rich people do in this country. They do whatever the fuck That's they true. want. That's true. Uh, Connor is here with one N. He says, what's up, Bapas? A couple of movie-inspired submissions for your enjoyment this week. <laughs> to BC, I find your lack of shake disturbing. Start prepping that ship properly before AG has a lawsuit on their hands. Luke, I did catch a floater the other day, and I, I regret that. It's yeah. not a great representation. Be careful not to choke on your aspirations, Director <laughs> Kimmick or Clinic, whatever his name was. Uh, who? Yeah, who was that, that guy? Dude, that guy used to choke the shit out of people. Um, for Luke, after the Hasselhoff bit, it felt like he was going to go full DC Sniper 2.0. Love the podcast. May all of your fans be capital stormers. That's the falling down point. Luke, we have Web Scream designed a falling down poster. We have it framed, ready to go in our studio. Is that one up or yeah. not? Uh, I don't know if that one is up, but that might be. Well, the, the, my favorite is the one that he did for Predator. My second favorite one would be the Web Scream falling down one. Although you, this one's not bad either. You can blow it up. Yeah. Yeah. Web Screams is a little bit more, you know, definitely made. Can you guys read what it says on, on the caption next to his body? I can't read that. <laughs> the, the adventures of an ordinary man at war with technology. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Yeah. And then, by the way, it says falling down a tale of technical difficulties. The only thing that would make this better is if I had a Mac laptop in one hand and then, like, cords in another hand. Manich, can but, the people uh, hear you when you talk? Manich? They can't. Manich, when are we going to fix that? Manich, yeah, I, I agree with Brian completely on this. From now on, man, when you want to speak, I'm happy to hear you speak. I want the audience to hear it, too. I really wow. do. Looks like All say right. to my face, you know, stand up. You know, up. you got to be selective. Don't be like Jay where you're like a stray cat that I left milk out for once and now I can't fucking get rid of you. You know, yeah. you got to be sparing about it, but we want to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. yeah please, well, your please music do. is better than Jay's, so don't worry about that. But Yeah. Uh, this is from Alexander. As a black coffee fan, I agree with Luke on this issue. These suburban moms need to get their milkshakes elsewhere. Luke and fans arguing about... <laughs> <laughs> I love how they put the QAnon shaman next to me. That is fucking great. That's who Luke. I feel like I'm behind in line when I hear the shaking upside down, up my balls, you know, kind of orders. So, Luke, while your Starbucks rant was epic, and I loved it, there was some rumbling behind the scenes. I won't name which MK producers, but they were like, I've gotten coffee for Luke. He gets yeah. coffee like a bitch. Like, he, it's got to no. be two Splendas. It's gotta... So, Luke, you no. put off this, this tough no. guy. I only drink black no. coffee. Why am no. I in the Starbucks no. line with these I've soccer never, moms? I've never asked for a lot. The, the, the most I've ever asked for in terms of a production of an order is just a red eye which is just a shot of espresso in the coffee it is true that at, after they bring it to me i might put a couple splendid just to sweeten it off but um You're like it line, needs to be goat's milk it needs to be warm no to i don't put i don't put milk in my coffee i don't ever put milk in my coffee i don't order lattes i don't do any of that shit never 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 not true you, lies yeah, you you like your coffee yeah look i, know, I got I coffee here i don't know if you can see it or not but like, what does that look like here what does this look like to you Looks like Bang Energy Drink, Luke. Oh, there it is. Oh, wow. Look at that. We mixology over here. That nice work, Luke. Yeah. Now it tastes like Mountain Dew. 
Imagine if you spilled that all over your keyboard and sparks came up. Look, that'd be a great MK moment. All right, that's great. Uh, Tom <laughs> says we've got a no, live. Here's look. the problem with my with my epic meltdowns. They make people laugh, and that's fine. But like, I never get to take something I can then put you know, on like a reel on Instagram or TikTok where the ship's on fire and everyone, I could use, I could, I could, I could, you know, I could repurpose that. All of my fails are just sad. <laughs> There's nothing fun about any of them. Uh, this is Tom. He says, live look at athletic greens. Let's see what's going on here. <laughs> so Luke- athletic greens is the dog and all the bullshit we do to each other is, uh, is the, is the fire, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure AG1's like, wow, we really picked. Look, okay, sh- in fairness about the COVID, I mean, I, here's the, people ask me, oh, have you ever had COVID? I don't know. I don't know. Which is to say, I have never tested positive for COVID, and I've never had a bizarre illness that looked like COVID. The last one was the one that looked the closest, and I took two rapid tests and two PCR tests. They all came back negative. Are they failed tests? I have no fucking idea. But all I can tell you is uh, I've never I've never tested positive for COVID, but I could have had it. You're, fuck knows. you're like 2013 Vitor. You're like, I never, you know, I never tested positive for this shit, right, Luke? You know, it was legal. I mean, come no, on. I'm just yeah. trying to tell you, like, if I get, listen, everyone's going to get COVID. I'm due for COVID if I haven't already have it. But in fairness, I took a shitload of tests last week and none of them came up COVID positive. So there you go. Luke, our final submission is from another Adam. Do we got a lot of Adams, a lot of white Adams on this show, right? We need more. No. Uh, no, I'll actually, I'll leave that alone. Yeah, we yeah don't eaves. touch that. Yeah. Don't touch that garden, you snake. Don't touch that garden of Eden. Uh, Luke, he says, Donks, after this Friday's episode, and Luke again asking something that BC had literally just stated, I just had to know what the deal was. Luckily, YouTube has put out new technology for super ultra premium members that can show you a streamer's desktop for a nominal fee. Without further ado, here is the real reason why Luke is not listening to BC. Well, Battle axe here, Luke and Joanne Wood. Uh, the odds, though, have Grosso minus 255 under DraftKings as the favorite, plus 205 for Joanne Wood. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
semana y al momento se regla la temperatura marca los 20 ahora ya se mantiene muy agradable marcando el termómetro los 26 grados centígrados tenemos yeah, I'm with you like okay my my first thought is and my last my last thought is this is a fight I'm sorry you may have said the odds did you read the odds yes on this one one more time for me if you could hell yeah Luke <laughs> okay the best part is i used to follow that person on instagram <laughs> oh wow she's like a, like she's like oh she's like, like a i've actually made Mexico love to City. that lady in my mind many times yeah yeah yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's that's um uh, i won't say that's my desktop but that may, sources tell me it could it could be my instagram feed we'll have to see all right all right luke uh, you you often don't listen to me a lot of people in my family do the same thing to me luke I, i've spent I, a lifetime I, I, I try i try you know what the problem is i have too many i have three monitors up and it's just way too yeah. much it's a little bit overwhelming what so. episode was that because i looked like a uh, rock lobster i look like a that dude that was tongue. like last week yeah i look like a piece of shit there last week uh luke uh those are our fan submissions thank you to all of our fans morning combat at gmail.com some people think this segment's worthless luke i think it's the best segment we do because i like uh, i love that especially when they're good that last one was really good although he didn't you know yeah. he didn't put the apostrophe between the e and the s on my name so that's kind of funny but um that when the jokes are good i like them the ag1 one was good the darth the darth vader one with you uh, joking luke, on the fucking ag was really good actually our trusted uh, Showtime producer and and really one of the one of the true fathers of this show, Matt Snyder, has texted in to out himself as the one who is making fun of your coffee orders. He says he only said Splenda, which is low T. Wow, Luke. Wow, you low you low you low T having bitch. That's Even basically if, what listen. I'm not asking anyone to drink coffee the way I drink it. All I'm pointing out is when I get in line, I'm not the reason the line is slow. Okay. I'm not. It's okay. it's it's the house frows who live in you know in this area Annandale and Rockville in their vans trying to get you know a Baskin Robbins fucking uh, Chevy Sunday. Chase Luke Chevy Chase Maryland is that a good place to raise a family Chevy Chase is an extremely nice area yeah right. super nice area um, Luke I think that's our show for the week and I and I definitely want to put this out there because we we made people vote so many times we we said look. If you want us to win another award, here's your chance to do it. We're going to find out tomorrow, May 31st, March 31st, 4 p.m. Eastern on YouTube if you look up Sports Podcast Awards. I think, Luke, there's someone from the NFL Network hosting the broadcast, one of the yes. personalities there. Yes. And uh, it's going to be live, and we're going to find out along along with you folks. And, Luke, uh, we're up for Best Combat Sports Podcast of 2021. So best of luck to us. Maybe we'll get that live show in Vegas. I don't know. Look, what predict right now? What's going to be the main event of IFW July second or third or whatever the hell it is this year? Kamaru versus Leon. Maybe it's not going to move me, dude. I wonder if it's Adesanya Cannoneer. I don't even. I mean, I like that fight more than Kamaru uh, Edwards, but we need something big, dude. We need something like big. a Connor. I mean, I don't know if Connor's going to be ready for that. It's July, right? Like. That's By the way, a lot aggressive. of people saying in response to the rant we went on about like, hey, UFC, piss or get off the pot with Nate Diaz, that UFC is waiting uh, for Connor to come back to do the trilogy and then let Nate go. Do you? Yeah, do you I know. That? It's like, dude, every time someone does, like, for example, I had someone ask me a question on one of my live chats being like, you know, now that we, it's been firmly established that uh, MMA media has made money off the backs of fighters, how about starting up an insurance fund for them? I'm like, let me see if I understand this. You think that people who, in many cases, are there's like not many MMA media, and the, if you're 
in many cases, lucky to make 50 to 60K doing that job in, in many cases. You think the, those are the ones profiting off of fighters? Or is it the multi-billion dollar company that keeps 80% of the revenues? Are they the ones that largely profit off of this? So I guess the point I'm trying to make is there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding about who's responsible for what around here. Yeah, yeah, you're damn right, okay? You're, you're not lying. Um, uh, Luke, um, we got another show on Friday. What do you want to do? We do. What the fuck are we going to... We should talk about this. What the fuck are we going to do on Friday? Because there's nothing to talk about. We barely <laughs> got a, through this one. You want to do MK homework in Kanto edition, Luke? What's going on here? I'll say this. <clears throat> um, okay, I'll let you pick. How about this? I'll give you a choice of three movies. I'll give you a choice of three movies, okay? Oh, wait, wait. Before the, you do that, before you do that, did you see what our producer, Mikey Mormile, just pitched? Tell, tell, oh, yes. Okay, how about this? So BC and I, BC was the first one to be like, um, there ain't shit going on this weekend. So he was right. Then I looked it up and I was like, yeah, BC's completely right. So what we're going to do, we're going to try. We're going we're gonna to steal from the king and the sting, all right? Send us a video question of yourself or whoever's asking the question. Send it to morningcombat at gmail.com. And I'm going to put a stipulation on it. Has to be 30 seconds or less. I don't want a fucking well, two-minute thing. No, 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 dude, 60, dude, I'm telling you. 60. I'm telling you. Go 60. All right, all right. We'll allow 60, but not a second more. Not no. a second more. 60 seconds or less to get your question in. Morningcombat at gmail.com. Throw the graphic up one more time if you can there, uh, Australian Luke. Morningcombat at gmail.com. If you show your prick in the video, dude, you're, you're gone, okay? You're yes, gone. I mean, if you start beating off it, I'm going to be like, BC, why are you still sending me these videos? I've asked you to stop. <laughs> Uh, do that, and we'll just answer a bunch of those maybe on Friday. We should uh, uh, okay, but back to movies. BC, are you in for something a little bit off the beaten path, a little bit foreign languagey? What do you think? What, where, where where are we on this one? You're gonna make me read subtitles, Luke. I thought Concanto was in English. It isn't. It is in English, although there's some of it in Spanish. Um, the problem with watching Encanto is that there's a couple of things that I would love to show you that I I can't. Um, but okay, so I'll give you Encanto is one. I will give you uh how about another one? Paraiso Travel. Paraiso Travel is another one. What what, um, what the hell is that, Luke? What what do you A doing? guy illegally immigrates to America and then gets lost and has to just find a way to live. Oh, I saw um, that. It was it was uh Tom Hanks stuck in an airport. I saw that. <laughs> it's better it's much better than that. Uh. Um I'll go that one. Ooh, what's a third one I could go to really make you just dig See, deep into the crate? Matt Snyder and I are stuck in 70s neo-noir right now, Luke. I wish you would go there. I really do. I, I mean, can I can give you some Kurosawa films to watch, but they're they're a little bit heavy. Um, I mean, he makes mad films, Luke, and if he did, there would be a samurai. Uh, Seven Samurai is what he made, but that I think that's pre seventies. I think that was fifties or sixties. Yeah. Hey, hey, Long Island Luke, can we get the nineties counter once, once a show at least, please? Okay. I know it's as Luke would say, uh, as Luke Thomas would say, it's not your fault, Long Island Luke, that you were born in uh, <laughs> ni- in two thousand one. But thank you. Well, and also not even in this country, Australian Luke. I think was he born in Australia? I think he was. Ninety two born, born in the, the US, US ninety two born in okay. the US. But his dad's well, his dad's a big Aussie. What what city is your dad from, Long Island Luke? Suburb of he, Melbourne called Fox Hill. That means he drinks Bo- I think he said Box Hill. Is it Fox, Fox or Hill? Box? Box Hill. I bet you they have strong as shit coffee there, Luke. 
I bet you know what I mean. Maybe okay. Long Island Luke's dad's a big city kickboxing fan like you. Maybe I'll give you a choice. How about this? They're saying Encanto or a fight. How about this? One of my favorite events for years. It's since been replaced just because MMA's gotten so much better. One of my all-time favorite events is Pride Body Blow. This is Rampage Jackson versus Kevin Randleman. I think this was when Carlos Newton got iced by Anderson, although I'm not quite sure about that. But I also know this is when Fedor beat Noguera for the first time. And by the way, people thought Noguera was just going to run over him. And the commentators, I think it was Boz Rutten and Stephen Quadros, were shocked. You want to watch Encanto or you want to watch Pride Body Blow? Well, if we were going to do a full-ass card like that, I think it has to be its own episode and not a segment in a show, right? It's about the same length. And Kanto and watching that will take you about as long. See, I was going to finish watching uh, 1981's Nighthawks starring Sylvester Stallone and Rucker Hauer and Billy D. Williams. Not, not on the list. Not on the list. I mean, I'll, I mean, it's about time I watch Encanto, right? It's All probably right. about time. It's, it's good. It's short. It's like an hour and a half. You'll like it. It's All good. right. Let's do that. Let's do MK Homework. BC finally gets in touch with Columbia. See, that's that's the Luke. That's what I felt so bad about about the Hasselhoff video. Because if I'm gonna break up with you, I wanted at least to be like an ill-timed like um, Escobar joke. And you're like, you don't understand Colombian culture, the damage that that does to the people. And I'm like, dude, I don't, and I'm sorry. And don't tell your wife and mother-in-law. I'm really sorry. Like, I want that to be where we break up, right? So maybe this will help me understand Colombian culture a lot better. It will. There's one thing in the video I won't have or I won't have a chance to explain. I want to do one thing before we go. Columbia has one game, and it's very much a, like a working class game at this point. Like uh, billiards is not, you know. It, 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 remember when we were kids? Pool, they call it pool here, but billiards. When we were a kid, like billiards were everywhere, and now it's and it was always in smoke filled rooms. But now smoke filled rooms with old dudes, it's become far less than it ever used to be. Um, so it's kind of like that in terms of its place in the culture. They have a game called Tejo, T-E-J-O. Dude, when I tell you that you and I need to play Tejo somehow. Is it like, is it like a bumper pool, Luke? No, it's the greatest game maybe ever. The game is this, it's a. It's like a flat steel, almost, it looks like a rock almost. It's oh, flat I'm looking on at it side. right now. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at it. That, that, that itself is called the Tejo, but this is why it's so impressive. You basically lob it like uh, like cornhole, but it goes into a stack of mud. And in the mud, there's a ring in the center. And around the ring are packets of gunpowder. And so when the steel strikes the gunpowder, it explodes. And that's you, you want to hit all of them, and there's a lot of different ways you can do it. But the, but the catch to this is nobody plays Tejo sober. When you show up with your friends, they ask you for two things. One, how many crates of beer do you want? And I'm not doing a bit. They bring you, remember those old plastic milk crates from like elementary school? And each one has a fucking beer in it. And that's number one. And then they bring you this giant plate of salted meats, cheeses, and starches called Ooh. fritanga. Yeah. So understand you're playing with steel. You're chucking it at gunpowder while you're drinking beer and eating fritanga over and over and over again. We went to some place called like Costa Rica when I was in Bogota the first time I played it. And the dude who was the national champion of Tejo owned the place. He, had ne he told me he had never seen an American show up to play Tejo. So he put on a show for me. He had like the local village idiot stand at the other end near the, the, the box of mud and like get on his knees. And he like hit the Tejo just past his head and into the gunpowder. And he was doing all these tricks from far away and shit. It was maybe the best time I have ever had. There's a brief Tejo like reference scene in Encanto that you'll miss if you don't know about it. You'll see him throwing it and hitting the gunpowder. 
Dude, Tejo will be the best thing you ever so do. What a is game. Is this like, like a, a third world mixture of skee-ball and, and horseshoes, Luke? What is this? Yes, yes, yes. But again, I want to be clear. You don't show up and then not drink beer. You don't show up and then not eat all the, all the meats. Like Part of it is this feast that goes along with it. Like One is important for the other. It's not, it's not mutually exclusive. It's not like America where you could go and like do cosmic bowling and just have a Diet Coke and be on your way. No, 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 no. Tejo is about drinking and eating and then chucking this thing. So um, it's, 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 it's an un, unimpeachably good time. Uh, I'm willing to give it a try, Luke. I'm willing to watch this movie. Is this a Disney Plus thing? Yeah, but I think you can order on like YouTube or. Oh, I got to pay for this. Well, if you have Disney Plus, it's free. Oh, okay, okay. I you got have Disney Plus? Yeah, I got all. I got all this. Yeah, the yeah, streamers. Yeah, yeah, then you're good. It's free. It's free. Yeah. So we'll talk about Encanto on Friday. All right. All right, Luke. I played uh, basketball last night for the first time in a month, and then uh, <laughs> had no subs. Went into overtime in two of the games, and then. Came home and threw up all night. I mean, it's just a. I mean, being forty three is like the worst thing ever. Like when, yeah, when you have the, things just don't work the way they're supposed to anymore. And, and it's, it's like really I can't complain. The, some of the guys I play with, it's a wide age group of like thirty five to like late sixties. And these guys in like there's guys that are like sixty one, fifty eight. Dude, they have like four times the stamina that I have. Like it's not. I'm not even like not even kidding, Luke. And you know me, Luke. I'm a piece of shit, but I'm not that far out of shape, right? No, you're not. No, but I guess you. Well, maybe you must be because that shit kicked your ass, didn't it? It did kick my ass. I was ineffective. I was basically just setting picks and throwing passes. It was. It was just. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right well, let's get out of here for today. Uh, thanks to everyone who watched. Remember, morningcombat at gmail Send us your video questions. Morningcombat at gmail and we'll answer a bunch of those. We'll play some games on Friday. We'll have a good time. Friday will be a good time. So uh, j- join us then, 11 a.m. in the East. So for Malka, Showtime, CBS Sports, and the great Brian Campbell, I'm Luke Thomas. Until next time, may all of your gains be loyal. Have you heard of Nordic Knots? The Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world? With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors. But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com.